are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm sitting here thinking, I just love church. I think you do too. You wouldn't be here. I just love going to the house of God. I went to church about 20 minutes from here as a kid, as a child, and grew up in church. My wife grew up in Illinois, and we met after college, and God allowed us to come here in all these years. God's been so good to us. And to thank God for the New Testament local church. We're in a series, and I, as long as I, God has my attention on it, I'm going to stay in the series, and as long as I have your attention, uh, I don't know how much longer we'll go. I know I have several messages I'd like to preach, and I thought last week I may just sort of close her down on the way home. My wife said, I hope that you're not thinking about stopping that series, so husbands obey your wives and the Lord, so I'll obey my wife, but I... I do know I want to speak on this subject today. This is such a powerful book. I love the book of Jude. Jude, before I get on the sub, Jude and Second uh, uh, Peter sort of mirror one another. They're dealing with the last days and the apostasy, the departure from a once held position. And we see that everywhere. Well, Jude um, writes, and of course he is the half-brother of the Lord Jesus, and he tells us by way of introduction three things in verse number one. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are one, sanctified, two, preserved in Jesus, and called. I, I like that word sanctified. We're set apart. God sets it. You and I are to be set apart. We're different than this world. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. And then he said they're preserved. Uh, we're preserved in Jesus Christ. What is to be preserved? It means I'm guarded, I'm protected. God keeps a watchful care over my life. And then I'm called. That means I'm invited. Three powerful things that God does. The next verse is three things also. Mercy, that's pity. Peace, that's an inner calm. And love, uh, that is a relationship built on more than just a physical relationship, but an agape, God love to man, man love to one another. Mercy, peace, and love. And then we find in verse three, beloved, he uses that word three times. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you, verse 17, but beloved, remember the words which were spoken before the apostles. And then verse number 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves. Now here is this Jude, and he is writing to us about the word grace in verse number four. For there are certain men crept in unawares. That's a powerful word, crept in, slip in the side door. They're going to slip in the church through the side door. They're going to come in and act like I'm all for this thing but they have another doctrine. You know, in your home, you can have multiple doctrines. Mothers and dads have to mirror one another as a united front 
with your children and in your marriage. There has to be two become one. That's God's mathematics. For a man shall leave his father and mother and he shall cleave unto his wife and these two shall be one. And so we find that God says in the church, it's the same thing. He mirrors the church as a bride to the bridegroom as marriage, Ephesians 5. And he says, in your church, there are gonna be people that slip in the side door. I I love the church. I love the pastor. I love this. I love that. But they have another direction. Some come in because they wanna sell their products. Some come in because they wanna build their repertoire of names for their business. Some comes in because they never made it at the last church. They want to be here and run this church. Uh, There's also some bring a new doctrine, a new philosophy, and every church is full of it. That's why the pastor, the Bible says he's the shepherd. He's to watch care over the flock. And he is to guard the flock of God. And so everybody, well, pastor, boy, he's against everything. No, I'm trying to guard the flock. And the Bible says, beloved, when I gave all diligence in verse four, certain men crept in unawares that were before ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly man. The next little statement, turning the grace of God. Do you remember back about 10, 11 weeks ago, our first message, the grace of, for salvation. We're saved by grace. For by grace are you saved by faith. Not not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works. There is saving grace. The word grace means divine favor. It means unmerited favor, unearned favor. Emphasis on that word favor. God says, grace, I wanna favor you. And when we get saved, God favored us. We've been called, we've been invited, and we answered the invitation, and we've been saved. If you've been born again, thank God for grace. We saw joyful grace comes from inside. That joy is what the world cannot experience. The world can give us, and we can enjoy it. We can have happiness, and we can have fun, and we can laughter, and we can have pleasure, and all of it's not wrong. I can watch watch a baseball player hit a grand slam, slam and it brings me happiness sometimes. I don't know when I've seen a baseball player do it, but it's fun. I can go shopping for a new car and not buy anything, and I can get a lot of happiness just smelling the odor in that car. Boy, I tell you, it's wonderful. I love cars. I can go look at old restored cars, and I love it. I just love it. That nothing wrong, it brings joy, it brings, it brings happiness, it brings pleasure. But only the Christian can know what joy it's inside. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. The world can give us pleasure and laughter and comedians, but only God can give joy in the midst of sorrow. Well, Sam just came by with the offering plate and I, I said, I'm sorry you go through this hard time. He said, God will take care of it. There's a call. Uh, Susie, the night your husband had that heart attack, massive heart attack so many years ago, and all in, everybody, everybody had to be in, I was in turmoil, but, but we all had a call that night to be not dismayed. 
whatever be tight, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. This past week, we about lost Dr. Music. They preserved his life. He's been here so many years, and then the next day, put a heart pacer in. Hey, praise God, he's back home already. God's so good. And I want you to see, he said, turning, turning, turning the grace of God. What, what, is, what is that thought of turning? To turn means to move away or a different direction or a change or to pervert is what that word turn. And so I'm looking this way, but I turn away. I'm looking this way, but I turn. I move to, to a different position. And God says that it is possible not to lose all the grace of salvation, but to turn away from the favor of God. One of the verses that God has blessed my heart with in recent days is 2 Chronicles chapter 16. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous to show himself strong in behalf of those that love him. God's in heaven watching. And he sees, hey, there's Ed, God says. Look at Ed's in church. Ed, Ed's living for me. Ed was lost, now he's saved. He's got a wife, they love God. They're, they're in this thing, trying to do right, raise a girl for God. Hey, I tell you what, my eyes are on Ed, and I'm gonna bless Ed. I, I don't wanna remove that blessing. God says, we will never lose our salvation, but we can turn from the grace of God. You're looking at a man that's had so many wonderful Sunday school teachers in my life. I can go back to kindergarten, Mrs. Daniels, have no idea if she's still alive. But you know, some of my Sunday school teachers, though they were at time a good person, and they taught the Word of God, and they taught me those courses, and they spent time, they took us to camp when we became teenagers, and they prayed for me when I went off to Bible college. May, may I say, some of my Sunday school teachers have turned from the grace of God. Uh, they one time knew God's favor, but they turned, and they're out of church. I think of a fellow I grew up in Bible college with, and he's such a powerful man and a strong man and a big man and probably the strongest man in the school. And I can recall the day as a preacher of the gospel, and he got out of the ministry, and he turned from the grace of God, and you'd open up his refrigerator, and it was filled with liquor, and he drank himself to death. We can turn from the grace of God. And let him that thinketh he stand and take heed. Lest you think I'm talking about, I've got preacher friends through these many years. I've been here 44 years. That one time they would preach behind this pulpit or preach the word of God. Some are away from God so terribly today. Unless you think I'm criticizing them, I could do far worse than, than they may by the time my journey's over. Let him that thinketh he standeth Take heed, lest he fall. I point a finger at you and how bad you are. There are three coming right back at me. My dad said, Jack, keep your own yard clean. Keep your own life right. I'd tattle on my sisters. And, and he'd come back, Jack, don't worry about Judy. Don't worry about Jill. But you take care of Jack and everything be okay. Turning the grace of God. How does it happen? 
that there's such a turning. We're seeing a turning in our country. I never would have believed in my life we'd be accepting and endorsing and believing in socialism, which a twin sister to communism. Steve, you gave me that book. I'll read it this week, hopefully, where all the communist leaders and Stalin and Mussolini and the whole crowd and Hitler, all, all that crowd, all were God-haters, all had some type of religious background. And they began to hate, and communism, socialism says, what are we thinking? That God wants us to be free, and God wants us to be independent, and yet God's provided a church, yes, but communism says, you have no right. You cannot own land. We will tell you Everything you're going to do, we'll tell you where to work. We'll tell you how much you're going to make. We'll tell you, <laughs> you know what communism is? We'll tell you, don't, you're not going to like, we'll tell you what health plan you're going to have to have. We'll tell you when you're living too long and you're a drain on society. Here we have people want this. We've turned from the Constitution, we turn from the Bill of Rights, we turn from one nation to God, we're pulling down the crosses and pulling down the Ten Commandments before the Supreme Court, we're pulling down because you can't have God, they're saying, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. We'll be under the curse of God, you think it's bad now? Think that the man's still a governor? Think that these people are still sinners? Then they come out and say, a baby, a woman ought to be able to birth a baby, and a doctor and a woman ought to sit down after the baby is full-term birth and determine if they want the baby to live. How in the world of Virginia is that man still a governor? So what do we do a little bit later? They get to be five and six and seven. We find they're autistic. If we can get rid of a brand new, I mean, a brand new little baby. How can you look at a brand new, precious, that little skin, those little nails, those little, that little body, that little, that little baby fat, sometimes they come after birth. You know, how can you look and say, okay, let's kill it. So what do you do with the autistic kids at age five? They don't obey, they don't listen. They're a problem to us. We're gonna have to get rid of them. Say, we won't ever do that. Who would ever think when I came here, when I came, when we got married, abortion was illegal. Whoever think that, we'll go around the country and say, we'll help you kill a baby. Turning. Turning. And it's happening in our homes. We redefine homes. And it can be a man and a man and a woman and a woman. We redefine things and, and God says, we, you're, it's going to happen in the church turning from the grace of God. Because people come in and they sneak in this new philosophy. Colossians 2.8, beware lest any man spoil you through the philosophy, a sum of ideas. Here's a new way. This is a new way to do it. I don't care what other churches do. That's their business. But I'm going to just announce right now, we're not having a rock and roll band in this church. 
Uh, we're, we're not going to have the online singers in this church. We're, we're not going to remove this pulpit from this church. We're not going to have a contemporary service in this church. We're going to sing songs and spiritual songs and hymns and making melody in our heart to God. That's the word of God. I don't want less church. I want more church. And as we see the day approaching, and how do we turn? Well, I think it's very obvious in this text how we turn from the grace of God. One, in verse number three, there's an unwillingness to, to, to contend. There's an unwillingness to fight for what you believe. Look at verse three. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly, that's energy, contend, that's fight for the faith. Every Christian ought to be fighting for their faith. I think if your marriage, every man ought to be fighting for his marriage. The devil's against your marriage. The world's against your marriage. The flesh is against the marriage. Oh, we ought to fight, fight for that, that wife. We ought to fight for that husband. So I don't understand him. Well, duh, he's a man. Well, I don't understand her. Well, double duh. How in the world are you supposed to understand a woman? I wish I could understand more. And, 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 and you think, uh, no, 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 I'm saying this. You're not going to always understand one another. But would you fight for that marriage? Would you fight for her? Would you fight for him? Oh, I remember dating. How my wife pursued me. I started running from her, running as fast as I could. Then I sort of got a glance and said, wow, she's beautiful. And I acted like I tripped and I fell down and boy, she attacked me. I, she said, you're going to marry me. I, I remember those days so very well. She fought for me. It was hard for her. I had a little black book with all the names of girls in it. My mother's name was there. My sister's names were there. My cousin's names were there. Everybody's name was there, but my aunt's name was there. And literally, I had a little black book, and I had all their names in there. i tell you what. I fought for her. I wanted her. I saw in her a lady that was a godly girl that would be able to come alongside and, and be a mate to me, help me where so many areas I'm weak because she's a help meet. But I say today, I don't want to lose her. Once in a while I say that one of us is going to go first in life. Sometimes I hope it's me. And I pray, Lord, if it, like, if, it, if it make it easier on her, let it be me to go first. And then I think, no, Lord, I want her to go first. I want to know that I won't be here to protect her. I, I don't know. God knows all, but one of us will go first. The Lord tarries. And may I say this, to the day I die, I'm going to fight for her. And I know she fights for me. I'm going to fight for those kids that God's put in our care. And not only while they're in our home, but now they're all three married. And now they're all, 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 all three have 
now we have another grandbaby come, 14 grandbabies this year. I fight for those kids. I'll tell you one way I fight from them, though. Nine of them I can't even see. Ten soon they're away from us. Here's how I fight every day on my knees for those grandkids, fighting for their salvation, fighting that God would protect them, that God would preserve them, that God would give them a good mate one day, a godly mate, a mate that loves God. We have a granddaughter starting her senior year in high school, driving the LA freeways to work. I tell you, it scares me to death. I fight for her in prayer. I fight by giving her a note once in a while. I put one in the mail yesterday. I fight through pictures, keeping in my heart all those kids. And the Bible says that these people were unwilling to fight. Fight for your marriage and fight for your family. Say, well, our finances are out of order. Well, fight for it. Say, we can't pay our bills. Sell your car. It's not that we don't make enough money. It's that we don't use the money that's been entrusted to our care properly. If you cannot pay your bills, I really believe we could make it in this day in which we live without an automobile. Almost every neighborhood has a park to go play in with the kids. Almost every neighborhood has a store. Almost everybody could buy a bicycle. There's an Uber driver. There's a train. There's a plane. There's a bus. I'm not suggesting anybody should sell their car, but if you can't pay your bills, fight for your finances. What are you gonna leave your kids a mess? You fight for these things. We fight for our church. The Bible said, Paul says in Acts 20, that after my departure shall grievous wolves come in, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things. From such turn away. Are you aware that it's a daily fight to keep your life right and my life right? Are you aware it's a daily fight for our marriage? Are you aware, young people and elderly people, stop throwing in the towel on everything? Well, I'm not happy. You didn't sign up for happy, you signed up for responsibility. Well, I don't like working. Well, God says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. God, God, God has a plan for your life, and it's worth contending. And here he's talking about the faith, the historic doctrines of the faith. Fight for them. Fight for the virgin birth. Fight for the deity of Christ. Fight for the God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. Fight for the preservations of the Scripture, the Word of God. It's inspired of God. Fight for old-time religion. Fight for biblical separation. Loving not the world. And I find how does this creeping in and the slipping come? How does this turning away from the grace of God? We're not willing to contend. Well, I'm not a fighter. Well, then grow up. But I see, secondly, they had a willingness to compromise. You see it in verse 4? There were certain men crept in unawares who were before ordained to this condemnation and godly men turned the grace of God into lasciviousness. Turning the grace of God because they allowed people to creep in. I know I don't have much time left, but you realize that a lot 
was a good man. He grew up in a good home, Abram, his uncle. His mother and dad died. And he allowed, he allowed compromise to come. He saw that city of Sodom and says, I want it. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom, chapter 13, Genesis. And then we see that he moved into Sodom, chapter 15, Genesis. And then 19, he began to have a leadership role as he sat in the gate. He was a political figure. And he lost his wife and his children and the entire family but two girls because he was willing to compromise. Please don't forget that compromise never preserved anything and compromise never built anything. I find they were unwilling to contend. I find they were willing to compromise. I find thirdly, they were willing to accept corruption, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness. Peter uses that same word. Lasciviousness simply means no restraint. Anything goes. If it feels good to you, just do it. There has to be some rules. There must be some boundaries. A young man drove his car out of here two weeks ago, a week ago, last Thursday, I think it is. You see the skit marks when he was drunk as he came and he took out the light pole in front of our property and took out the water system for 12 hours in our property and wrapped himself around a palm tree out here. And, and then one in a drunken stupor ran away and one was arrested on the site. So well, we should have, we should have arrested them. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't even there when they arrested them. Every, everybody has a bad day. Everybody has a, a right to do wrong. No, you don't. There are rules in a country. There are rules in a city. There are rules in a state. And when states begin to tell the federal government, as we're one nation united, we won't obey your laws. That is anarchy. That is lawlessness, the Bible says. I will not obey. I will not do what my mother says. I will not do what my dad says. I will not do what the police officer says. I will do what I want to do. That's lasciviousness, no restraint. No restraint. I'm never really in department stores or grocery stores. And I was with my wife this past week and, uh, and we stopped in a store and you would know the store. This little kid, I guess maybe two, did not get what he wanted. And we were in the back of the store and he let his mom and dad know all the way through the store and out the store how bad they were. He screamed, he hollered, it was obnoxious. I tell you what, that little boy is gonna run into law, trouble with the law, he'll have trouble with his, with his boss, he'll have trouble with a wife, he'll have trouble in life, he'll have trouble with his kids, because mother and dad said, and then they do this kind of stuff, I get you candy, ah! I don't want candy, I want that toy, ah! and it's just out of control. No restraints. Well, I don't feel like I owe my wife an explanation. If I 
come home, I get off work at five, if, if I wanna get home at nine. No, you don't want your straights because you're up to no good. When you don't want your wife to know where you are, you're up to no good. When you want, hey, your wife takes your cell phone and say, hey, 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 why do you have that? When you don't want your wife, take it anytime you want. What are you hiding? What, what second life do you have? I don't want any restraints. No, one, no little woman's telling me what to do. No restraints. You see in this text how you turn from the grace of God? Because we're unwilling to contend. You're going to have to fight for something. We're willing to compromise. We're willing to see corruption. And then I want you to see the conclusion of this. What does he say in verse 4? When you get to the lascivious, you deny the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ. How is it they could preach a message? How is it they could sing a song? How is it they could be a Sunday school teacher? How is it could they could be a deacon? How is it because we had no restraints and we weren't willing to fight for anything and then all of a sudden they turned and they actually denied it. Was, it was a stupid time of my life I went to church. Very foolish time in my life since they were gone. Church hurt me. Church is bad to me. All these things. But God says it's just an indicator that we're still out of control. I guess I have to ask the question, where are you headed today? You know, in the journey of life, we always look at the destination. Where do you want to wind up? So my wife and I came here 44 years ago with 20 people. We rented some buildings over here. And I said, if you'll let me stay, I want to live here 50 years of my life. Now, it's getting close. I want to live more, serve here longer than that. Amen. But all of a sudden, there went my 20s and my 30s and my 40s, and now I'm over here. But can I tell you something? As trends have changed, and philosophies have changed. We kept our mind and our eyes as a people and as a couple on the destination. The destination. Just like you get an old-fashioned way, a map, or we get a GPS now, and we say, I'm going to drive to Kansas City, Kansas. We program in the destination. And it tells us where to head so we arrive at the destination. If we would look at your life today and my life, where are you headed with your marriage, with your children, with the Lord? Where, where are you headed in these single days of your life? Have you placed yourself in an environment that you could get a good, young, godly girl? You know, I know people get saved and I think of a man right now that was lost and he and his wife got saved and it's a mighty preacher of the gospel. But I'm glad I found my wife sitting in the second row or the first row at the house of God. I didn't find her in a tavern. I didn't find her in a rock concert. I didn't feel like a person who was a compromise and I know that I'd been praying. I don't think I would have wanted to stay single. In fact, I know I did, would not. But I, I, I wasn't so worried about it. 
because I knew I wanted a woman just like God blessed me with. And I would pray about it. And I said, Lord, this is what I'd like to have in a wife. I can remember praying about it. And I prayed and begged God. And I went through Bible college and I found nothing and no one there. And I wasn't on the hunt. I just took it that nobody in this school. But God put me in the ministry and a man by the name of Dr. Melvin Swanson who had just lost, lost his wife. She was 45, had eight kids. A preacher of the gospel. And as I began to lead the music, there was a little girl on that piano playing the piano, best pianist I'd ever heard in my life. Her name was Cindy Swanson, now Treber. God guided me to her. I being the way the Lord led me. My wife says to our class from time to time that Adam did not go looking for a wife. God brought her him a wife. I wasn't out on a hunt. I went there and there she was. God brought her to me. Where are you headed? Some of you headed for a divorce. Some of you headed toward adultery. Some of you headed toward sodomy. Some of you are headed toward anti-God. Jude says, you've turned the grace of God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.